Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, science fiction, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And today is our first recap video for Jade City by Fonda Lee. Yes, indeed. Man, it is nice to be reading something new. It is, and I really like this a lot. So good. This is a lot different than some of the other stuff I've been reading. Like, I haven't read anything like a crime kind of like gang fantasy in quite some time. I think the last one that I read was Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom. Those are the ones with the awesome covers, right? Yeah, really cool covers. Yeah, those are great books. I like those a lot. But this is a lot more uh, graphic. <laughs> this is a lot more. Um, it kind of reads like a TV show almost. Yeah. Yeah, like a gangster, like a gritty crime. Yeah, and just like the way that the scenes are kind of set up and the action takes place and the even the, down to like the conversations and stuff, I, I, I do feel very much like I've been kind of dropped into like something that I'm kind of just watching unfold, which is really mm -hmm. easy to read and really fun. Yeah, it's definitely got like a soprano-y like crime family, you know? <laughs> I've heard it compared to Peaky Blinders. Oh, okay. But I've never watched, I think I've watched like th two or three episodes of Peaky Blinders. Same. Yeah. I didn't, it's not that I didn't like it. I think what turned me off on Peaky Blinders is that they're using like modern music. Oh, really? And, yeah. <laughs> like there's like an Arctic Monkeys song that came on and I was like, that's not right. Like, huh. but, you know, different strokes for different folks. But um, yeah, we are kind of moving through this right now for the first time, or at least I am. You've already read this first installment, right, Chad? Yep. Just the first book. It was about a year and some change ago. Okay. Was there any reason why you didn't keep going with the series or did you just get distracted and... I got else. distracted and I honestly didn't know that the other ones were out. I don't know. Oh, when did okay. the second one come out? So Jade War came out um, in 2019. Okay. And Jade Legacy came out, I think, last year or really early this year. I can't remember, but really recently. Mm -hmm. Jade Legacy is yeah. still in hardcover. I don't know how I'm going to get wow. around that. I know. I know to have like two, two uh, paperback books and then one hardcover. That's just going to wreck you huh <laughs> it's gonna make my shelf look terrible oh no <laughs> with all of that let's dive right into the first synopsis all right the series begins in the twice lucky restaurant barrow and sampa two kitchen workers try to steal jade from a green bone but are caught by the mike brothers two fists loyal to no peak clan the two boys are beaten and after Sampa reveals information on a new jade smuggler in town, they are taken to see Kal Lan, the pillar of No Peak Clan. Lan listens to the Abuke boy's account of the Carver, the man who killed Gi. Hilo thinks the Mountain Clan has something to do with it, but Lan is not so sure. He sends the boys off and orders Hilo to send some lower-ranking foot soldiers called Fingers into the armpit district to check things out. Lan speaks with his grandfather, the previous Horn, and suggests his weatherman, Doru, go into retirement. He also mentions a woman named Shay is coming to visit. Sen attacks Lan, overpowers him, and tells him that without intention, no amount of jade can make you powerful. He commands Doru to stay. Hilo visits his lover, Wen, in Papa District. They discuss the current state of Nopeak Clan, and Wen flatters Hilo, but suggests he needs stronger fists in his employ. Kal Shay, Hilo and Lan's sister, arrives in Jan Lun after studying abroad in Espenia. Hilo goes to the academy to speak to his cousin, Andin. He warns Andin that change is coming. We learn about Andin's family history. His dad left the country and his mother slowly lost her mind to the itches. On boat day, Andin gets into a fight with some mountain boys. The fight is broken up by the mountain clan's horn, Gaunt, who takes Andin away in his car. 
Gaunt calls Lan to tell him he'll return Andon in three hours as long as Hilo doesn't cause trouble. Andon is taken to the mountain leader, Ait Mata. She offers him a position in the mountain, but in a nearby country where they're producing a drug called SN1. Ait wants to control SN1 so that things don't get out of hand. Andon is let go, and he tells Lan about what went on. Lan decides not to get involved with the shine business, but he wants to keep an eye on the mountain clan. Barrow wants to work for Mutt, a green fencer. Lan asks Shay to look into the jade mines and make sure everything is in order with the KJA. All right, that all made a lot of sense. Yeah. Like I said before, a lot of new terms in it. Some stuff kind of threw me off because I wasn't exactly sure like who was in what position, like Pillar and Horn and Weatherman. And then, and Shay is obviously um, one of the call siblings, mm-hmm. but Andon is not a sibling. He's a cousin. Yeah. Kind of like adopted. That one part where Andon is kind of remembering walking in on his mom in the bathtub with a like a cheese grater. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That was kind of the point in the book where I, I was like, oh, well, it's this kind of series. Oh, like, oh, this okay. isn't this isn't a kids book. <laughs> no, this yeah, it's um, wow, I I whew. <laughs> that was brutal. Yeah, uh, and so like the itches, like the itches is kind of like it's like this affliction that like non uh, Kikanese people get, right? It's like um, they can't really handle the jade, right? right? It's kind of like a yeah, it's kind of like um, like a heroin withdrawal, except to the extreme, which is rough. Right. I really like the aspect of this of this series where jade is like a drug. Yeah. Right. It's not it's not just this thing that makes you more powerful. It's got this kind of dark side to it. It's kind of like dirty almost. It's like, yeah, you can use it. But the very thing that makes you powerful is also the thing that will destroy you if you let it. It's kind of like, you know, a lot of books have that like undertone of idea of like power will corrupt you. And this is just like blasting it in your face is like, actually, it'll literally destroy you. And so that theme is just right at the top. And like the more jade that you have, the higher status that you have. Yeah. Right. The whole thing with the jade is really, really interesting. You know, it's almost like a a currency, but it's not. They have they have their own currency and stuff, but it's a very huge status symbol. The more jade you have, obviously, the more power you literally have. And then also like societally, you have lots of influence. I also really like the um the auras, they can kind of feel each other's jade auras, mm-hmm. which uh, lends a lot to the like the character descriptions. Like when Lon is in that room talking to his grandfather, right? It's like he can kind of like feel his grandfather's aura, and right. not to mention there's like different as there's different um kind of like abilities that you have with jade. While people are talking to each other, they can kind of like not necessarily read their minds, but kind of feel how they're feeling. Yeah. Which adds this whole other aspect to every conversation and this kind of tension. It's a really, really good idea. Yeah, really good idea. And it adds for this level of dynamicness. You know, she could have just made Jade is power and you can move fast and be strong. And but no, it's like used in subtle ways as well, where you can read other people's jade or prevent surprise attacks because you're like sensing something weird about this person or you can just feel their jade or like that person's clearly wearing a ton of jade you know what else i really really like the characters here the main cast at least you know there's a there's a ton of different characters and mm-hmm. they're not all 100 fleshed out and they don't need to be but the call family 
they're all really nuanced and complex, even this early on in the book. Like Lan is mild-mannered, but as Pillar, he has to have this front of being the strong man, the leader. Like the unshakable. Right, and it's not necessarily the case that he doesn't want the position, but you can tell the pressure is difficult for him to right. deal with. It's a duty to him, not a joy. And Shay, uh, Shay is my favorite so far. Yeah, Shay she's is great. great. Uh, Shay is back from doing something that at first she seemed like really, really confident in. You know, she kind of like ran off with this. Uh, was it a stone eye or something? Yeah, like somebody, yeah. Um, the family was not happy about it. And she runs off to Hispania, studies rebel. abroad, and it didn't really pan out for her. So now she's back and in this really precarious spot with her family. She's choosing not to wear jade. She's trying to do all these things like uh, get a job and a place to live, even though she's got the most powerful family in the country like at her back, ready to make it all so easy for her. And she doesn't she doesn't do it. She wants to do it all by herself. She doesn't want to be involved in any of this, but you can kind of tell she is really attached to her family. And I'm really excited to see like what Shay's involvement is in all of this, because she seems very um, kind of reluctant to get involved. But yeah, I just like these characters a lot. I completely agree. And the author does such a good job not making, you know, because lots of times you have like the rebel and you're like constantly annoyed with them. Like, dude, you need to fall in line and help the story progress. But not any one of her characters is that single minded. Like, yeah, Shay's obviously gone out, seen the wider world and kind of thinks her family is a little one single-minded in their approach and their view on things and and she obviously sees some problems with like the power dynamics and the hierarchies within their society she just but, doesn't want anything to do with it yeah so she's kind of like pushing him away but she obviously like deeply loves her family and has a lot of respect for him and you know at no point are you like come on Shay. you know like you know, we talked earlier about it being kind of like The Sopranos, and it, it really is kind of giving me that vibe because, you know, family, I've only watched a couple seasons of The Sopranos, but family is such a big deal in that show. Like the, the relationships between the people that are in that family, you know, some people are more than they appear. Some people are have like really dark secrets and, you know, like uh, Lan and his, his wife leaving him. That's a big deal. You know, that's yeah. going to that's that'll have far reaching consequences with other things that he has going on. This is oh, man, this is awesome. Like the more that I'm talking about this, like the more stoked the, you are. <laughs> it's just so it's just so well put together. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, like the beginning of any fantasy series, you're like, what is I don't even know what any of this right. means. Like, um, but she she does a really good job of keeping me interested because of these people. Like, I right. feel like they really they're really real people. Yeah, and they they live. Uh, you you planted this sentence into my brain on the last book series that we were reading. But they live outside the page. Am I saying that right? You said it. Yeah, they live off the page where they have a life other than the story here. And she does an excellent job at making that very apparent. They have depth. They have nuance. They're not just living as a vehicle to progress the story and her world building. So I was rereading the first chapter and it was nice to reread something because you're not just like totally in it for the sake of like okay what is totally. this term what is that term um you can kind of take a, a forty thousand foot view and just kind of like sit back and admire some of her her handiwork and barrows it's so clever her we're we're inside of barrow's brain for the first chapter right and he's like thinking 
about his plan in getting the jade and in doing so she reveals like the whole structure of the jade not the whole but a lot of it of how jade interacts with their society what it means for a person to have jade um the societal um importance importance yeah, yeah exactly and you know and he's like why would why shouldn't i have some you know he's just fat and blah 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 because he's a member of the family and we learned that yeah, some people may be undeserving of it, but they're part of the family, so they can kind of get it ipso facto. Some people can't even have, you know, he wasn't, he couldn't even hold it. That's why he involved the other guy who was a Kekanese. Oh, he was a uh, Abuke. Abuke, yeah, I think yeah, Abuke, yeah. Abuke. Abuke I, th- I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but uh, I think Abuke, is, they're kind of um, immune, right? Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I got it backwards. But I like that first chapter a lot too, um, and I didn't at first actually. But the, I I read it twice because sometimes when I read books, I, I kind of read the first chapter and then I don't pick it up again for a little bit uh-huh. for some weird reason. So I'm like, okay, I got to start over. But so I read it twice, and like that first chapter upon reflection is kind of like a microcosm for the entire plot. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a thesis statement. Like I mean, it's like you've got like these two kitchen workers kind of down on their luck, and they want in on this. And I think that that's kind of like. It, it it seems to be kind of one of the main through lines of the plot is that with SN1, you know, we're kind of ah. we're kind of getting everybody more involved That's in this insightful. situation. Yeah, yeah, and it's a it's a really you know the first chapter is a it's a little overwhelming, um, mm-hmm. just because you've got like the the Mike brothers and then you've got um, like Hilo and then Sean Jen and the the other Everyone two has brothers. Two and, names, right? Um, yeah, that is. I, I guess if the if I did have like one kind of like nitpicky thing just like one little gripe is just like there's like a there's like a family name and then there's like a intimate name and then like a more um, kind of um formal name yeah like a more formal name and then they have like uh shortened versions of their names and (laughs) you know and then there's like the um convention of having the family name first in front of the first name so sometimes that can get a little confusing obviously when someone's referred to as their first name but it's it's just traditional um in like asian i don't know i think it's cultures i think it's either i think it's it's either chinese or japanese or both okay. um but i can't remember i I know it's it's a chinese thing okay um, but i can't remember if it's a japanese or like a vietnamese or or thai or anything like that also and this is difficult to do come up with words that sound cool that you can use as slang that like instantly come off like ooh, that's like tight you know smooth. like it works yeah smooth and when he's like stay cut cake a kiki right. kick how do you kiki, say that I think, it's, I think it's kiki kiki okay it sounds great in my brain i just never said it before so i was like right. kiki i don't know yeah, uh, like, he's stay like stay cut, cut kiki yeah i was just like oh that's so cool and it's such like a reference to you know you know gemstones once right. they're yeah fully polished like a cut finished aftermarket gemstone is like polished you know it's like stay cut like that's sick i don't know if this is reaching but you know um that's kind of like what Jade seems to do is to kind of like keep you sharp, yeah. keep you, you know, so maybe that's like where that came from or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is all really, really working for me. I mean, like I, you know, obviously this is a, this is a long form podcast, so it's nice to kind of drop in little gripes here and there, but <laughs> really the only, the only gripe that I had was just kind of keeping up with who everybody was called, you know, yeah. like what, what was, <laughs> sometimes I was like, oh yeah, like call sen okay call and then then there's like duru 
Um, right. You're then, like, you know, is he related? No, he's not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's, I mean, I had that same thing when I was, um, when I was reading Song of Ice and Fire for the first time, like that was like 10 times worse than this. Yeah. You know, cause, uh, I mean the second or yeah, the first chapter, um, the, that, that brand chapter, <laughs> you know, there's those first couple chapters when they're in Winterfell and not only are, is it, is it all like the Starks and all the Starks, like people that work in Winterfell and stuff, right, right. but it's like, then we get all of the Kings retinue in there in like the second chapter or second or third so it's just like a ton of names so this is not yeah even all these houses and yeah. now this is nothing we got to remember like two clans and a couple of their names i do right confused the thing that confused me was the the ranking system right you know it's yeah. like okay is that like a lieutenant like we got the we got the um the well, soldier I, I can help you out with that there. okay because i yeah. even then um even when i was rereading and i was like okay which one is that again i think i've got this pretty committed to memory so it's like um so the pillar is at the top i like pilar <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> sure chad pilar because um, like pillar well, i don't know you know pilar sounds cool <laughs> it's like it's like a pillar it holds up yeah, the, but it's like clan. a pillar. It's a cooler version. Sure, of we'll that. call it that. <laughs> yes. There's the there's the pillar, and then there's the horn, and then the horn and the weatherman are kind of. It seems like they're kind of the same rank, but one kind of handles internal stuff, and one handles yeah. external stuff. That seems to be what the one of them is the accountant, and one of them is the general. Right, and then yeah. under under the horn and weatherman are fists. Yes, the fists. That's what and I then thinking. fingers. So if you think about it, like you know, oh, you have a yeah, fist yeah, yeah. and then fingers, uh, kind of like uh, outside of that. So that probably shouldn't have confused me as. <laughs> but the there are the some. Which one? <laughs> but there are some kind of um, other rankings, kind of like you know, Lan has his own kind of retinue. Yeah. Right. Um, he's got a uh, wound. Uh, I can't yeah, remember. Woon. Yeah. Um. So Woon is like his personal kind of second in a mm -hmm. weird way. So yeah, he's like his right hand guy. Yeah. Um, so that is a little bit. And then there's kind of like second tier fists, I think it seems like. Yeah. Kind of the chosen of the fists. Like, you know, we have a bunch of lieutenants, but there's only like a couple of them that are really close to the general. Before we go into the next synopsis, there's one thing that I really liked that I want to talk about was after Andon gets returned to No Peak Clan after he gets taken by the mountains, Lan is having a conversation with, uh, he sends Andon away, which is like a good move. He's like, you're too young. You just need to focus on being number one. Like that is the honor that you can give the house. He knows everyone's roles really well. So he's like, nope, you do your thing. I got what I needed from you. Don't think about this anymore. Then he gets Hilo and Doru and they kind of have a little kibosh to figure out like what's going on. And he flexes on Doru because Doru's trying to like kind of come up on him a little bit and he does it very respectfully. But he was like, Are you? He like says it very direct. He leaves no room for where he's like, Are you going to respect your leader enough to do what I say and not cause me any trouble on this right. and undermine me? And he's like, Yes, I will. And he like basically just says, like, I need your allegiance. Do I still have it? And he confirms it. And it was just like, and he, but he didn't do it in such like a, oh man, wow, really swinging his thing around. Lan is a really, really good character. Yeah, and a good leader. I, I like that kind of introspection that he has when he's thinking about Hilo. He's a little, he seems to be a little bit worried that not necessarily that there's going to be any kind of like internal coup or anything, right. but he kind of has this like hypothetical in his head of like, if Hilo decided he wanted power, 
I bet most of the fists and fingers would be on his side, which is it throws like this whole other, you know, dynamic onto everything. And um, so he's got that to deal with. Yeah. And that's like a, you know, even in the Earth's history, that's like a major problem for kings is the general being loved too loved by the soldiers because they have all the military power. They can just decide one day, "Mm, what are you going to do to stop me? I've got the allegiance and the loyalty of all the people with swords. But you know what, like even this early on in the book, I I do feel like Lan would be is a more capable leader. But Hilo is pretty complicated too. Like I mean, he is. He, Lan has already had some thoughts in his chapters where he's been like, you know, Hilo really showed some restraint here. Like Hilo's not this kind of like bludgeon to right, be brash. Thrown. Right. Like uh, he he comes off that way, but Hilo's a very much a rational actor in a lot of senses as well so it's like that kind of makes me i have no idea what to expect at all from any Mm -hmm. of these characters because he's really young you know we learn in the first chapter that Hilo is one of the youngest people to ever gain his position his rank and he you know a lot of people don't even realize who he is until he reveals it how much jade that he has also i love them embedding the jade in themselves just looks so cool in my mind having like you know his shirt like ruffles open in the beginning and everyone sees that he's got like studs like going out it's like a tattoo but jade sit wow cool all right i think with that we can jump on into the next synopsis all right lan bringing woon along with him visits chancellor son and cuts a deal so that a law goes into place to stop any one person from controlling the kja Hilo makes a deal with a local biker gang called the Chrome Demons, asking them to look into an illegal jade trader called Tem Ben. Meanwhile, Shay travels to the jade mines to look into the KJA accounts. She finds that the Mountain Clan has been authorizing mining equipment purchases, and there has been a higher production of jade, but no more actual jade in the vaults. She informs Lan of her suspicions that someone has been stealing jade. Hilo asks when to marry him, and is jumped by some gunmen and a fight ensues, during which Hilo recognizes one of the attackers, Gam Odin, second fist to Gon Ash, first of the Mountain Clan. Hilo, after escaping with his life, spreads the word that anyone who assists him in finding the two who escaped is a friend of the Nopeak Clan. The family calls a war meeting, and emotions run hot, as Kal Sen blames Hilo and his rashness. Hilo is hurt as Kal Sen lays the blame upon his shoulders, telling him he deserves it. Hilo and Lan speed off towards the Mountain Clan, seeking revenge. Gam, a fist of the Mountain Clan, challenges Lan to a one-on-one battle. A fight to the death ensues and Lan barely emerges victorious. Lan, after revealing that someone, and he highly suspects the Mountain Clan, has been stealing jade, he secures his support of the KJA, but promises the council that he will attempt to resolve this peacefully and avoid an all-out war. Wow, okay. So things are really escalating here. Oh yeah, we got some really cool fights. Yeah, so okay, so um, whispering someone's name is essentially taking a hit out on somebody, right? It's yeah, like one yeah. clan uh, commanding for the death of another okay cool just making sure and it's confusing because the order's off a little bit because in the books lan another reveal that this is definitely not a child's book as he is getting it on 
with <laughs> at the brothel with that right. girl um, is interrupted by one of his fists who just got done clearly torturing somebody to get the name. And at the time when you're reading it, you're like, why is he torturing somebody? Right. And then right after that, we get the scene where Hilo is attacked. Right. So it kind of like goes back in time a little bit. Yeah, but they don't. She doesn't tell you that at all. No, but you, I guess you can kind of you get the idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I got it when I was reading it for sure. Yeah, there's little things that you're like, oh, OK, but then it doesn't matter at all. And you're just like, whatever. Awesome. <laughs> Nothing better happened to when. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Hilo really loves her and she seems yep. really cool. I like that part where she's like, I have a gun. I'll be fine. <laughs> right. And he's just like, that's not going to work. <laughs> like guns. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was cool. I like when. Yeah. I like their dynamic a lot. Man, I love Hilo in a fight. He just looks so cool in my head. Just like stoning his skin as he's getting cut, slashing his, uh, what do they call the knives? Like green uh, moon blades or something moon like that. Moon blades. Yeah. yeah. I think they have, so they have cool. like a, there's like a dagger. There's like, I think they have like some kind of curved dagger and then like some really long sword that they use uh, i could be yeah, wrong i'm talking about the dagger yeah it's like a curved dagger yeah, and I can't it's got remember a what jade stone in it in the hilt yeah that's <laughs> so cool <laughs> i know it's so radical i can just see like the flashing green he's jumping around like fast and ducking and weaving and just oh man i really enjoyed that i'm gonna find the name of that dagger i was wondering too like um right before the chapter where lan goes to that chancellor i remember thinking what is like the system of government here? Like, are the clans the the governing body of Kikon, or like what what is all? This? So I'm glad that I got some clarity on that. And the whole um jade doesn't mix with gold thing was really really enlightening. Well, yeah, you refresh remember that? my memory. No, refresh my memory on that. And like now that you're saying that, it is. But <clears throat> but yeah, tell me tell me your thoughts. It seems like the green bones, like those clans, are kind of there to protect the citizens of this island and um like jan loon they seem to be kind of like peacekeepers in a way but they're not they're not writing legislation or at least that's that's the way it's supposed to be the the yeah. idea is that so the gold would be the governing body the, the political system the legislature and then you've got the jade which is the green bones but i think what is trying to be communicated to us is that while those things aren't necessarily supposed to mix, they kind of have been. Right. Just power being what power is. It's like, right. obviously, they're, they have probably more power than the system originally wanted them to have. But they're, I, I kind of took them as like the samurai class because they have a, a, a honor code. Is it Aisho? They have like a, Aisho, they refer yeah. to it multiple times where it's like, this is like their code that they live by, where they're like the Aisho way. Speaking of kind of the, the old guard, kind of old traditionalists, um, Kal Sen, what's up with him? The impression that I got in the beginning of the book was that Kal Sen just didn't really want the position of pillar anymore. He was kind of past his prime. His best friend is dead. It's like he just didn't want to deal with it anymore. So he gave the position to Lan, his oldest son. But like when Hilo comes in and Call Sen kind of digs into him and says that it's like it's his fault that he had a hit taken out on him and stuff like that. I kind of got this weird impression that maybe um, Call Sen isn't all there. Like, am I wrong thinking yeah. that? Yeah. No, I think he's kind of losing it. One of two things is happening. One, he's which I don't think is the case. He's getting corrupted and he's starting to like work towards the mountain clan or something, which I don't think is happening. Yeah, I think he's just kind of losing his ish as he's getting older. 
he came down on Hilo because he thinks Hilo, I think, was like affecting his legacy, right? Like in my time, they would have enough respect between the clans that that would never happen, even though like that probably totally would happen in his time. He's just being a well, and uh, the mountain, the mountain clan is being really aggressive here. Oh, for you know, sure. I mean, like, like it is very obvious that they're they're picking at uh, at no peak. You know, right? Land's uh, stance and kind of his plan for everything was like not necessarily cooperative, but it wasn't really aggressive. Right. Not at least not in the same sense that the mountain. I mean, uh, it is complicated, but I think that what Land did was very shrewd. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was a good call. It would probably, but you know, then it kind of it kind of raises the question, like I, you know, maybe like violence in this situation was kind of inevitable, right? You no, know? like, um, and I think that kind of is hit on just a little bit. I think I can't remember if like Hilo says it or maybe Daru or somebody says, you know, you can put this off, but this is going to come down to violence essentially. Right. Like, there's too much money involved, and he's like, right now you can control it, and we can keep it between one two people really it's like an honor fight you know or we can let it devolve into all-out street gang warfare you know and so i think he kind of makes the right move on that front he's a very shrewd shrewd leader lan is because he realizes when andon comes back from being with the mountain clan that one of the things that the mountain clan pillar was trying to do was plant seeds of doubt in his mind regarding Hilo. And whether or not Hilo was going to take over and whether or not mm. like his inner circle was corruptible. I don't think that right. she expected anyone, you know, and into trade sides. She just wants to plant the idea inside of land and the rest of this um, country's brains of that. Like there's dissension within the ranks, you know, they're not as strong as they once were. Yeah. And he could have just co- totally caved, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, it's even, you know, and like Doru is just sketchy. Yeah. And even Doru, Doru's kind of giving me this impression of somebody who's just kind of like, why don't we just go wherever there's the most money or let's let's go where there's the least amount of violence and the most amount of money. She has like that memory of her friend and like Doru had like taken pictures of her friend as like a little girl yeah. and stuff. And like Shay's opinion of her grandfather was shaken because her grandfather was kind of like, every man has his vices, you right. know? And it was just, just disgusting, obviously. It's like, dude, you like, can't boys will be boys this no, one. No, no. Right? <laughs> it, it's, it's, um, yeah. And it's just kind of, it fleshed out Shay's character mm-hmm. even more. Um, I did like that scene where Shay goes to the, like the mine, you know, you see like the abuke like working mm-hmm. and it's just very obvious that Gaunt, I think Gaunt is like paying, that was, okay, so that was like, I was a little just, I was a little confused about all that. That's kind of like the one thing I was a little unclear on and maybe not enough information has been given to me so that I could be clear on it yet. Gaunt is buying machinery and fudging the numbers and like Jade is, Jade is, Jade is leaving the mine but not going into like wherever their store, like their, um, they're kind of like Fort Worth. The vault, yeah. yeah. But it's not going there. So like the Mountain Clan is like essentially stealing Jade, right? Right. Is that well, kind of what's being implied here? Absolutely, yeah. And the whole, you know, going back to their structure of um, government, you know, the thing that the reason for these families and the clan's existence is to control the Jade. And so like they have the ability amongst themselves to authorize hardware, equipment purchases for the not production, but the mining of jade. And so I think it's totally within Gaunt's rights, but I think that 
it needs to all be accounted for yes exactly right? and it needs yeah. to be um uh, visible and she's like something's going on here because they're purchasing more hardware thus there should be more jade production happening but there is no actual more jade where's it going see i had like this really weird thought and maybe i'm looking way too deep into this and i should just enjoy the story for what it is but like if you're like embezzling or whatever like why would you sign your own name at right. the bottom of that paper like i don't know let's make something like say blame it on somebody else like or maybe that is a development later in the story or something that it's not gone it's somebody else like posing as him or like something really weird but i just thought that was kind of weird it's like yeah if anybody sees this they're gonna find out like do they the, want the no peak? maybe they want no peak to find out because that was right. really easy for her to dig into that totally. like, well, it was right there i kind of got the impression that it wasn't a thing that the average clan does was like that have that granular level of like inspection on the books maybe they haven't visited in a while i don't i don't know i don't know maybe i'm looking way too close at it i don't know that's, I don't think that's so. what this is for yeah because it does uh, seem like some pretty shitty sub <laughs> subterfuge right yeah you, you signed for it <laughs> one thing i did want to talk about was um there was kind of an interesting exchange between Hilo and lan after lan killed gom and took his jade which little sidebar here the fact that people have these jade pieces studded into them to yeah. make it harder for people to that you have to like rip it out of somebody's flesh after you kill them to like oof, that's brutal that's brutal yeah <laughs> but anyway i know um, i know we have lots of honor here in this like um i show thing but let me just cut this out yeah. of his body <laughs> <laughs> so there's like that this there's this interesting conversation between Hilo and lan where Lan is like putting on this extra jade that he's kind of won by right. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of messing with him, right? Like it's not. Yeah. Well, it's revealed earlier that he has like a pre-existing condition that his like aura is off. It's kind of hinted out that he doesn't even really like wearing what he already had. Mm -hmm. um, he kind of like makes him anxious. Right. It's like taking too much Adderall or something. Right. Yeah. It's But it's it's fitting for Hilo's character that he's just like however much i can pile on <laughs> yeah, me, like, let's go. Jade. <laughs> i think sn1 probably is going to be like a very big deal in this series yeah i'm a little confused on exactly what it does like does it make it makes it so that people that aren't green bones can use it right can use jade yeah it's like the vehicle for non-green boners to <laughs> Mm, that didn't sound great uh <laughs> is the vehicle for non-green bone users or people to use and threw me we off call them, i guess we could call <laughs> them green boners. the non-green boners you know <laughs> so the non-green boners can use jade with sn1 without going insane and like them being like bugs under their skin sort of cheese grater yeah like oh man that was... i have like a skin thing and like whoa, yeah i know jeez that was so brutal yeah so brutal but then for the green the actual green boners they it just gives them like a greater ability to it like decreases their or increases their tolerance that's what i was wondering okay so the people that can already use jade the sn1 it kind of like augments their abilities so that they're able to wear more of it and then by extension utilize more of it yes exactly okay uh and like heinous terms they would be expanding their reserve <laughs> right that's interesting mm -hmm. and at the end of chapter 26 which is where we ended he asks somebody a very trusted Woon. person wound um like a personal question and the implication is well 
can I get some of that stuff? Like, yeah, yeah, because so. um, Lan has to see this through. I mean, he he's he's in a position now where any sign of weakness is going to kind of ruin from the bottom up, like his yep. clan, uh, in, like uh, from the interior, from the inside. Yeah, he needs to display strength. That'd be really rough if um you were in that kind of position and your brother, who, like Hilo, seems to have good intentions. Oh yeah, right. I mean, Hilo doesn't seem to want the power of the pillar. I haven't gotten that impression. No, really, he seems I think he really enjoys the prince. But I think that, like, and I don't think that Lan is worried about Hilo. I think he's mm. worried, like I said before, about Hilo's fists and fingers. Right, and his propensity towards. You know, Hilo's a little bit rash and emotional and really subscribes to the old ways of, you know, a green bone gets revenge and strength and physical violence. Whereas Lan's like, yes, there's a time and a place for that, but let's temper it and make sure that we don't do something that throws the entire island continent into war. Well, and there's something to be said about, um, and I think maybe Shay kind of like thinks it a little bit, but there's that part where they kind of have their war meeting and mm -hmm. it's just Hilo, Lan, and Shay. And she kind of, I, I think she kind of thinks something like, oh, the uh, like Doru and Call Sen aren't part of this. There's like a new era. You know, we're kind of we're kind of kicking out these kind of like traditionalist conservative like mindsets because they're not mm -hmm. applying to this situation. You know, it, like even Call Sen, you know, he wants uh, Call Sen and Doru both really kind of glorify this idea of like a united green bone one clan yeah. kind of thing but unfortunately that's not really the reality that we're all living in so it makes a lot of sense that lan would just want his brother and sister involved in this because they kind of get it you know yeah. like hilo is leaning a little bit more toward the kind of traditional mindset but he's still on lan's side right you know? and lan kind of needs to go like okay boomers <laughs> I'm doing my thing. <laughs> I'm really excited to see how the rest of this book pans out. I wonder if like the rest of the trilogy is like this one war that seems kind of inevitable or if there's like a bigger bad here. That's kind of what I'm wondering at this point halfway through the first book. Me too. Yeah, because I, um, I don't know. Well, because you know the ending of this book, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering, you know, we have two more big books. We have a half of this book to read. And it, they it, get you know, bigger, longer yeah, length, right? It, I think yeah, so. they do. And it, it, I mean, it doesn't seem like this can be wrapped up easily. I don't know how, I also at the same time don't know how we could stretch this one kind of like clan war into like three yeah. big books. It needs so to get I'm, bigger. I mean, maybe we can, I don't know. I didn't write the books. <laughs> yeah. So like, Well, yeah. it does seem like, you know, there's not, there's not a country's level of dug in of roots you know like all they one clan really needs to do is kill like three or four people and right. they can basically take yeah. over the entire other clan this is gonna get much interesting. like the sopranos uh and the made men you know i'm pretty excited for the rest of this this is good me too and reading it again it's been long enough that like it's like i'm remembering it as i read it you know it's not yeah. like i'm like okay i gotta read this again i'm like no i'm like first off it's good enough to read it twice and second off it's been long enough that i don't remember all the little details and so it kind of i'm remembering it as i read it and then it allows me to kind of have a greater level of understanding i'm like oh right oh okay that's why that's meaningful and it just man it's great is this this is not her debut series is it i think it is is it wow we're really on a debut role let's see uh let's check it out oh wow okay so it looks like um uh fonda lee wrote two books in what's called the exo series called exo and crossfire Looks like Exo and Jade City were both published in 2017. That's interesting. Wow, busy. Um, and then there's another novel 
and that this came out. It looks like her debut novel was called Zero Boxer. Okay, um, not sure what that is, but yeah, it looks like Jade City is kind of her breakout. So I think that's going to do it for us for our first recap of Jade City, and this is awesome so far. I'm really into it. Thank you everybody so much for being here for this one, for reading along with us, and for not spoiling anything in the Discord chat. We really appreciate that too. Because yeah. uh, I mean, I've been trying to get at this book for the last couple of weeks, but you know, Elden Ring came out, and I was kind of like reading it just like a page at a time. <laughs> like I really wasn't reading <laughs> anything. Um, and so, I, so many people are reading along. Yeah. Thank you everyone for joining. It's so encouraging to like look into that channel and just see so much like green bone right. conversation happening. A lot of green bone love. And if you have any questions green. for us specifically or any, you know, kind of comments or just things that we could do better questions that we didn't answer or things that we got wrong, especially go ahead and shoot us an email at, book.reviews.kill at gmail.com or you can join the discord and get in on the conversation there and if you'd like to support book reviews kill go ahead and sign up for our patreon and the link to the patreon is in the description on this episode there's also the link to the audible beneath us it is an affiliate link so if you'd like to help us out and help yourself by getting two free credits and do some audio booking that link will be in the description below thanks so much everybody for listening hope you have an awesome rest of your day i'm gonna go read some greenbone let's do it Bye, everybody.